0: (laughs) You have science over here, and now we'll get supernatural. Holy Spirit on the other side. So I simply titled this Do You Know Holy Spirit? Whether you call him the Holy Spirit or a Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit, I just kind of like to say Holy Spirit because I talk to him a lot, and I don't say the Holy Spirit. Would you listen to me? I just say Holy Spirit. So however you do it, I know you've been learning about Father God and Daddy God. Well, I've not learned to say Daddy God. Somehow he's Father God to me. Is that okay? I think he's going to stay Father God to me. But those of you that want him to be Daddy God, I'm all for you, okay? But um, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is as much God as Daddy God, Father God, as the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know he he doesn't get equal time. He doesn't get equal time. Most... I'm not even going to say that. You know. He just doesn't get equal time. So I, I grew up in a denomination that I don't know as I heard that word very much even. They didn't talk about him. And you know, when you talk about him, he shows up. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. So we already knew he going to get talked about today because we've been having a lot of conversation about it. <clears throat> so I want to start off by telling you um, what the Holy Spirit is not. So he, I want you to get this clear. He's not wind. He's not an it. He's not a white dove. Not a fire. He's not an attitude or an atmosphere or an environment. I don't even drink water I tell you I get up here in my mouth. My mouth cleaves like the water's cleave. <laughs> oh, well. He's not merely a presence, but when he's around, you know his presence. He is a person. He's a him. Yes, he is. And he's a person who thinks and plans, and he's very brilliant, and he can even bring himself down on our level so that we can have conversation with him. Mm-hmm. He is the voice of the Godhead. I know we think of him as being the power of of the godhead but he's the voice of the godhead the father the son and the holy spirit make up the godhead i hope you know that now john 16:13 this says that he speaks he does not speak of himself do i have scriptures coming forth <laughs> maybe i don't okay He doesn't speak of himself, but whatever he hears the Father is what he speaks, okay? You know, a presence or an atmosphere can't speak. Did you know that? A Holy Spirit's much more than a presence. He has a mind and a will and a plan. You know, did you think about it like this? Aroma is not food. Did you know that? No. You can smell it all day and it smells good, but it ain't going to do you any good. It's not food, okay? A bark is not a dog. Did you know that? Let you know the dog's around. It's not a dog. And a quack is not a duck. (laughs) Don't you love these? Most people think the Holy Spirit (laughs) is a silent cloud that just takes orders and he just sort of Sort of he's invisible, but he's here. Well, I want you to know he's not merely a fog. He isn't merely a wind or merely a fire, or he isn't merely rain. He isn't just merely a white dove at a baptismal service. Because if he were wind, he could not mentor you, right? If he were a bird, he could not teach you the things that Jesus said we should be taught. If he were a fire, he could not impart counsel to you. Do you agree with all that? But he shows himself as those things. So you can get a little tidbit of his character, of his workings, and understand who he is. Okay? Now, he may come into your life like water, and he may just refresh you like standing under a waterfall. And he may come into your life like fire, and what do you think that would do? Purify you, yeah. And he might come into your life like the wind, suddenly and quickly. Did you ever get caught off guard by the Holy Spirit? You know, sometimes I think, how did you know that? Or, um, you know, he's just always around. I just want to give you one little example. It was two mornings ago. I was getting ready to, I had a house full of people. It was Thursday morning, whatever day that was. I had a house full of company. And I, I had to go to the doctor. And so I had been to Chicago and got all these tests running. and I had all these papers, you know. Did you ever lose papers? Do you have a paper devil at your house? We have a paper devil at our house, I tell you. <laughs> and uh, I've cast him out, too, several times. He just comes back. At any point, I was, you know, like an hour and a half. I'm going to the doctor. I can't find but two little sheets out of probably 40. And uh, I was ranting. Do you ever rant? Yeah. <laughs> no. And uh, Jerry said, don't worry now. I'm sure you didn't throw them away. I said, you can't trust me not to throw them away. If they were with a pile of other papers, I might have just dumped them. And uh, um, so I finally sat down. And I said, I thought, I'm not, there isn't any peace about me right now. I'm distressed over these stupid papers. So I, I sat down, and I simply wrote, Holy Spirit, help, 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 help. Father God, help, 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 help. Lord Jesus, help, 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 help. But before I got those things finished, this little thought popped into my head. They're in the white notebook laying on the desk. I remember putting them there. I knew that word. Laughter. I walked right in, and there they were. See, he, he wants to be so involved in every little part, and that wasn't too little because I was, I was mad about it. I mean, I was mad at me. For, I wasn't mad at you. I was mad at me. But anyway, I let, I let the devil steal my peace. Do you ever let that happen? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I get so mad that he gets my peace because <laughs> I know better. Do you know better? Okay, good. Then you're going to like this message. Time out for another drink. Okay. So I told you what he's not. I'm going to tell you a few things that he is. He's the mystery that everyone is looking for. They don't even know it. Did you know that? They don't even know that's what they're looking for. But it is. How many of you know it was Holy Spirit that created you? How many of you think, oh, it was Father God. It was Father God. Did you you ever think that? I used to think that. Well, y'all are smarter than me. You didn't think that. Okay, he created you. He formed you. Did you know you're his greatest product? Job 33, 4 says, the spirit of God has made me. Now, maybe this doesn't happen to you. But when I see the word spirit capitalized, I just sort of zip right over it. I don't know if you do that or not. But when you say the Holy Spirit of God made you, it just sort of stops me in my tracks and it rings a little bell. So I'm going to add holy in front of spirit a lot of times today. So don't be mad at me for doing that because that's what it means anyway. Okay? So the Holy Spirit of God has made you. And the breath of the Almighty gives you life. Well, look at there. we got scriptures. Now, your personality, your body, everything about you was designed by the Holy Spirit. So if you don't like your height or your weight, mm, I don't. Anyway, the Holy Spirit made you. Now, he didn't make you wide. We made us wide. But he made us. And, and, And your personality, you know, don't try to change it. Be who he made you. And also, I know you know this, your body happens to be the place where he lives. You think he knew that when he made you? So he made a place for himself. He lives right in here somewhere. Okay? Now, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Now I want you to know you're empty unless Holy Spirit enters your life. You are blind unless he opens your eyes. And you are deaf to the sounds of heaven and earth unless he unlocks your ears. And if you don't know him, you're in a sad shape. You're lost forever unless he shows you the way. You know, you don't just get saved because you got so much knowledge one day, you decided to. Somebody somewhere is praying for you, and the Holy Spirit woos you. Like a man woos a woman to be his bride, the Holy Spirit woos you to come and become a Jesus person, to to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Okay. So the Holy Spirit was involved in the creation of the world. Do you know that? Because Genesis 1-2 tells us that. Have you got that scripture? Am I going faster than Audrey wants to go? There it is. The earth was formless and void. Well, formless... Doesn't even make it a circle, hardly does it. It was formless and void. Void would be nothing there. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, who is that? Holy Spirit was moving over the surface of the waters. Okay, now there's a whole sermon there, but I haven't got time for it, and you haven't either. I want to tell you one little fact. The constant presence of the Holy Spirit will satisfy you beyond your imagination. People are looking for satisfaction in this life from the craziest things, from the most evil things. When the Holy Spirit, now you notice I said constant. You're frowning at me. Bryce is frowning at me. The constant presence. In other words, that's like I got him tucked here in my pocket almost. Not really, but it's like that. I can talk to him. You, you know, you put your cell phone there, you almost, well, it's kind of like those ear things. You know, that phone that's on your ear? Or Bluetooth. Thank you. So everywhere you go, you can just talk, you know, so you're, so you're somebody be walking into Walmart going down the aisle and they're just talking away and then you finally figure out they're talking in that Bluetooth. Me, I might be praying in tongues doing that. Anyway, they look at you weird, weird when you do that. I thought this is what I was going to tell you. I'm trying to get to the constant presence. In other words, you, you've heard the scripture acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. So, you know, you can't acknowledge him if you've already planned out your next eight months. You know, you've got to leave him room to be acknowledged and direct your path the way he wants and not the way we do. Okay, beyond your wildest imagination, he will satisfy you. Now, here's another thing the Holy Spirit did. He came to make us overcomers. Aren't you glad of that? Do you ever feel like an undercomer? Do you ever feel like you? You just can't win. He came to make us an overcomer. And that was part of the word from Linda, from the Lord. He will never leave us or forsake us. So you can't run him off. You you might try. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life in us. He's what keeps you living and breathing. You couldn't live and breathe, breathe without him. Ezekiel thirty-seven fourteen. You want to read that? I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life. And I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. Wow. You know, this sermon is about a lot of things. And you're going to think I'm just kind of wandering around, but the Holy Spirit's kind of hard to contain. So this, this sermon's about hope and encouragement. It's about prospering. It's about anointing and peace and pleasures. It's about passion and faith for life, for the everyday life of the believer. This is what we're talking about today. This is where we're supposed to live, what I'm going to tell you today, okay? So, you know, Jesus told us that, In the world we'll have, say it loud, tribulation. Does that not sound like (laughs) fun? Not too much. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Thank you, Billy. You've been doing your homework. I have overcome the world. So has he overcome tribulation? So can you overcome tribulation? Well, yes. So why should we be discouraged? That's a song, isn't it? Why should I be discouraged? How does it go after that? Oh, yeah. Because his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Oh, isn't he wonderful? I got goosebumps on that. I don't know about the rest of you. I love goosebumps. Mm. Ooh, I knew you'd come Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit's anointed us to overcome he's anointed us to heal the sick and raise the dead you know I was thinking about raise the dead and I thought how many of you have raised the dead don't you know I tried and I didn't succeed but I got over it okay but he's anointed us to heal the sick and raise the dead well I got to thinking this morning who's dead around here Amen. Anybody without Christ is dead on the door now. Their spirit's not come alive to God. They're dead. So you you could take that and you could say, we do raise the dead around here, you know? Of course, if you say that and put it out and then everybody comes to see the dead raised in their context, we could be in trouble. But, But we do raise the dead, yes. So... Luke four eighteen is just a scripture that I've claimed, you know, it's mine. And I don't say it like it's written. But I'm going to say it like I know it, okay? So the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's upon you. To preach the gospel to the poor and bind up and heal the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives. To cause the lame to walk and the blind to see and the prison doors to be opened and the oppressed to go free. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That is your job. Amen. How do you like that? That's your orders. You heard yes. that word this morning? Yes. Amen. You get your orders. I just gave you your orders straight from God. Now, how many of you are doing all that? I gotta put my hand down because I'm not doing all that. How many of you are doing some of that? Praise God. Okay, we're getting there then, aren't we? Is that a big assignment? It's pretty big. Pretty big. Okay, but can we overcome, and can we help others to overcome by doing those things? So we're, we're to overcome, we're to live in peace. Not like I was disturbed the other morning. See, that was short-lived. How many of you live in peace, basically, except for, you know, little distractions like once in a while? You live in peace. I want to see your hands. Okay, most of you do. You know what? That is worth millions, trillions of dollars. Did you know it? The world would buy it if they could. But it's not for sale. Hallelujah. Okay. I get on these bunny trails real easy. Holy Spirit actually wants us to have a passion to live in the fullness of him instead of just getting a taste now and then. Isn't this what the body of Christ does? well we'll have a we'll have a uh, conference, and we'll all get a taste of God and we'll all get prayed over and we'll all get a prophetic word and we'll just be good for a year. no, you might be good for a day, and that's about it you know you've got to you've got to live your life with a passion after God. It isn't like well, if I decide to, I guess I'll do that you know. You you can do that, but you'll never live in what God meant for you to live in. You know, peace is something you can have all the time. And when you lose it, he'll give it right back to you, just like he did me. Okay? So don't just, don't settle for a taste. Because, you know, once, once you, you decide you're going for the whole enchilada, then your faith will begin to grow. And you know what? You'll have more assignments than you can possibly do, and the anointing that's on your life and on you will begin to grow, and you're going to find yourself busy about the things of God. You're going to find yourself listening to him about what to do today instead of making your own itinerary. You're going to find yourself changed. I just want you to know, if you're not at peace, you can't hear God. Do you know that? So the world goes around trying to, trying to hear God. Well, I don't believe there's a God. Don't you hear him say that? I don't hear him. wonder why. They don't have any peace. I'm, I'm using the world in, a, in one big clump there. Okay. So here's another thing the Holy Spirit is doing. He, he came on assignment to earth. Do you know that? He got sent here. Do you know that? He was happily secured in heaven. And every now and then he was sent down here to come upon the Old Testament leaders. He never lived inside of them. Now John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit before birth. And he sort of, I don't know if he's the end of the old or the beginning of the new. But, you know, Samson the holy spirit moved upon him made him strong in the end of his life he pulled down all the pillars and and died along with all the evil people that were having the using the christians for fun to be eaten by lions well so he was in heaven jesus came to earth lived his life he went to the cross he died he rose from the dead he went to heaven did you ever wonder why he went to heaven Right after he arose, when he said, Mary, don't touch me. Because he had a handful of blood to put on the mercy seat in heaven for you and me. For forgiveness of everything you've ever done or will do. And so he placed his own blood on that mercy seat. And then what did he do? He came back. Did you ever think it was strange he came back? Because he had taken care of salvation. But he came back, and so for 40 days, what did he do? He taught the disciples about the kingdom of God. He didn't teach them about how to be saved. He taught them about the kingdom of God because he's already taken care of salvation. He put his blood on the mercy seat. And he, he taught those disciples for 40 days all about the kingdom. Remember, the kingdom is like this and the kingdom is like that and the kingdom is like something else. I haven't got time to, to do all that. And then at the end of the 40 days, he said, Now you guys listen to me. I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to stay there and wait for the Holy Spirit do you think they had a clue what he was talking about I mean they may have seen the Holy Spirit and read about the Holy Spirit coming on the leaders in the Old Testament but do you think they knew okay you know we're gonna go get baptized in the Holy Spirit and it's gonna be a new life you think they knew that no so you know I'm telling you he told this To 500 people, 500 apostles and disciples. Do you know how many of them went? 120 went to Jerusalem. 120 stayed in an upper room waiting. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Not really knowing what they're waiting for. Now, I kind of got ahead of myself, so I want you to know that just before Jesus left, after the 40 days, He gave two major assignments to the people that were there. There was a crowd there. They were gathered around him, and he said, Now, y'all, listen up. This is kind of what he said. He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, and now I'm giving all that authority to you. And he said, Now I want you to go. You hear me? Go and make disciples of every nation, not just USA, every nation. And you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things. All things that Jesus had already taught. And I'm with you always. Don't forget that. Even to the end of the age. And then he said this. Now he's getting ready to leave, guys. If you're on your last, your, we call it a deathbed, okay? You're on that. You know you're going in any minute. Are your words going to be important? Oh, yeah. Or are you going to give a little fluff and tease somebody? I don't think so. This is going to be the most important thing he said. Well, besides what I just told you, this is Mark 16. And he said, go into all the world preach the gospel to all creation, because he who has believed and been baptized shall be saved, and he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll pick up serpents. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. recover. There's another assignment. Now, as soon as he said those words, he just started going up. And they watched him ascend into the heavens, thinking, oh, my goodness. Don't you know they must have thought, we are, we are in trouble now. Because we got hindsight; they didn't have hindsight. Okay, so what did they do? 120 of them went to Jerusalem, and they waited. And ten days later, this 120 people were in agreement because they were all waiting. Right? They didn't want for, it, but they're all waiting and <coughs> did the holy spirit come tiptoeing in you know they wanted jesus to come in like a like a king they wanted him to just just overtake everything and he didn't do it but when the holy spirit came he created quite a ruckus what did he do he came in like a rushing violent strong powerful Wind. That's why they think he's wind. He was in the wind. Like wind. When the day of Pentecost had come. You know that Pentecost today, when it's celebrated, it's 50 days after the resurrection. Have you counted that up? 40 days on earth. 10 days waiting on the Holy Spirit. 50 days. Was Jesus abiding by the Old Testament? Absolutely. So when you celebrate, if you celebrate Pentecost this year, you remember that. That's what was going on when the 120, there was all these people there. I mean, Jerusalem was full of people because they'd all come for the Feast of Pentecost. Not being exactly what we call it now. And so, here comes this wind. Suddenly, There came from heaven a noise like a violent, rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, if that happened to you right now, if he came in here like a violent, rushing wind, some of you would run out the door, right? (laughs) And the rest of us would be shaking, thinking, what in the world's going on? It filled the whole house. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire on top, rested on each one of them, They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them the utterance. Wow. Then, you know what? They created quite a commotion, and they went out into the streets, and now they're speaking in other tongues. They're actually speaking the language of these people that are there from all over the region, and they all have different languages. And so they're speaking, you know, I don't know who they were. They're speaking, it wasn't um, Hebrew. It was anything but that, okay. And these other people that are there, they think, what is going on? That person doesn't, he he can't speak my language. She shouldn't be able to speak my language. What is going on? Was that a sign and a wonder? And so what happened? 3,000 people got saved, is the way we'd say it. Came into the kingdom of God that day, and the church was born. Wow. Wow. Holy Spirit. Okay. So, past that. You know what happened? The Holy Spirit came down here to live, and Jesus went up there. They traded places. Did you ever think of it? You know, there's a, a TV program, trading places it has nothing to do with this but they traded places okay and i want you to know that the holy spirit prays for you did did you ever think about that did, did you ever think of the holy spirit praying for you i mean i know you think he leads you and he directs you and he talks to you but did you ever think about him praying for you we know that jesus is is ever interceding at the right hand of god don't we know that well he's in heaven right who's here so, Romans 8, 27. I'm probably leaving Audrey and Angela. So I'll just read it. In the same way, the Spirit helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He searches the hearts, He searches the hearts to know what the mind of the Holy Spirit is, because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That was just flat news to me. I read the word a lot. I didn't know that he interceded for us all the time. Here, right here. Jesus is doing it in heaven. Holy Spirit's doing it here. Are we blessed? We should do everything right, shouldn't we? But we don't. Now, the Holy Spirit gave us the word of God. I hope you know that. He is the author. Hold up your Bible. Do you think of the fact that he wrote it? Okay, you can put them down. He wrote the word. Well, how did he do that? He used 40 people over 1,600 years to write that book. Wow. People that were sensitive to hear him. Now, he gave us this word, and we use it as... The sword of God. I don't know if I can. No, it's not the sword of God. What is it? Billy, you are awesome today. It's the sword of the spirit. wonder why they call it the sword of the spirit. Who wrote it? Whose is it? You know, I always, I always say it's the word of God. What do you think when you think about the word of God? You all don't think like I do. I don't think. Do you think of God the Father? I mean, I do. The Word of God is God the Father. But the Holy Ghost wrote that book. Well, we, aren't, we never get too old to learn, do we? Okay. He gave gifts. Oh, hallelujah, he gave gifts. You know, he is a gift. He's been a gift to us, and he gives gifts, talents, and skills. Some of those things you're able to do, you think, well, I was just born with them. Yeah, I wonder how that happened. You <laughs> we were just born with them. The Holy Spirit already decided, Lori, that you could sing and you could act. The Holy Spirit already decided, Tatum, you are a worship leader. Bryce, you're a senator. Linda and uh, Kristen, you know how to beautify things that people don't even understand about. I mean, the list goes on and on. There are natural abilities. They were given to you by the Holy Spirit when he created you. But he gives gifts to men. So like the nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, and I haven't got time to read them. Oh, mercy. Um, it's the same Holy Spirit that gives those gifts. And it says it gives to, to each one as he wills. He gives to, to Susan. He gives you know, the gift of prophecy. And, and to Debbie, he gives the gift of tongue. And uh, <clears throat> to Sherry, he gives the gift of interpretation of tongues, whatever. But you know what? You may have three or four of those gifts, but you have access to every one of them. True. Why? Who lives in there? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Well, since he gave them all, I guess he has them all to give, and so I guess any of them you need at the time you got access to. It's but true. you'll naturally fall into one or two or three that you you know are yours, you know. I know that that I'm a prophet and prophecy flows out of me and that's my major gifting. And prayer is right behind it and it isn't isn't even listed there. So I don't know where prayer fits in. I just know without prayer my prophetic gift won't go, okay? It's kind of like the gasoline for the car. All right, so he is a gift and he gives gifts. And what about your destiny? How many of you know what your destiny is? I want to see your hand. Wow, we got maybe mm, not very many. I don't think we, any, of, any of us know it all. You may know where you're headed right now. Hopefully you know where you're headed right now. You were planned by Holy Spirit before your parents ever saw your face. How about that? The Word of God we carry... Whoops, I missed that one. If you're trying to decide about your destiny you're just on a useless trip. You have to discover your destiny. And you know what? There are thousands and millions that have lived already and did not find their destiny. And some of them didn't even look isn't that sad? Because inside of you is that seed of greatness, Shorty, that God has ordained just for you. And Tatum, there's a seed in you, and Bryce, and Kane, and all of you. A seed of greatness from the Holy Spirit that He wants you to do. And, and it's something that only you can do. And so, why don't we. Why don't we look for that? You know, because we're too busy. We're too tired. Is that not true? So when we get to heaven, we're going to say, God, I really wanted to do what you wanted me to, but I was so tired. (laughs) And I had all these things to do. I mean, you know, I've been retired 11 years, I think it is. My pace is just about like it was, except I don't have to punch that time clock. Praise the Lord forevermore. Amen. (laughs) But I'm busy. Aren't you busy? Don't you look at retired people and think, oh, they've got all that time? You would think they would just (laughs) sit at the feet of God and just get all so spiritual, and they would just know everything. No. I, I thought that would happen. I have to fight for my time just like you do, because the devil does not want you serving God in any way, especially loving to do it. So, discover your destiny. Now, how do you know you're saved? Did you know the Holy Spirit will tell you that you're saved? Have you ever seen people that say, Well, I sure do hope I'm going to heaven. Well, I hope you know more than hope. <laughs> I hope you know. Because Romans eight fifteen. would you read that? I'm sorry, Angela. Romans 8, 15, oh, okay. 16. I went to Jude already. Oh, ahead of me. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Oh, did you hear that last part? The Holy Spirit himself testifies with your spirit inside of you that you are a child of God. You need to know that you're going to heaven. You need to know that you're saved. Above everything else you do in this life, know those things. Know it. Don't just hope it. Okay, now we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as a communicator. I'm telling you, after I got through writing this out, I thought, I don't know how he has time to do anything but talk. Because he's a communicator. He he comes in to you and lives in you when you get saved. And he influences your conversation. You know how to tell if somebody's seeking God and they're a Christian, if they're a Christian and seeking God, maybe I should say. You can tell it by their what words. words, their conversation. Did you ever just get around somebody and the stuff comes out of their mouth? <coughs> like, "Whoa!" you feel like you just got, need a bath. Huh? If you need a bath. Like you need a bath, yeah. Like you need a bath. okay. The first thing that'll happen to you when you get saved or baptized in the Holy Spirit is your conversation will change. Now, the first proof and evidence that you have the Holy Spirit is that very fact. You know, if you were going around cussing all the time, you will stop. If this was for real, you'll stop because every time you say a cuss word, you're gonna you're gonna know what who you're coming against. The Holy Spirit expects us to listen because he's been assigned to teach us everything. I sometimes feel sorry for him. He's got a huge job. He's got to teach us everything that Jesus left and everything that Jesus left us to learn. He's got to teach us. Is everybody teachable? No. No. He's assigned to convict us of, of sin. Does everybody want that to happen? No, we can always see it on this one and that one and somebody else, but all right, Holy Spirit, leave me alone. (laughs) He's assigned to show us our motives. Oh, did you ever get shown your motive? Ooh. Ooh, that hurts. Mm -hmm. And he'll show you the motives of others. And he'll talk to you about the people you deal with in your life. And he'll even discuss the location and the geographic region that you are called to influence. Hmm, did you know that? He knows every person that can answer the questions that you're asking. He knows where your gifts are needed and he will hook you up miraculously not with people who will slam bam you and talk about you but he'll hook you up with people that will love you and honor you and respect you. See, that's what you are for me. You know, I can be so free here because you honor me and, and you respect me and you listen to me. And, and I, I, I love that. He will reveal your enemies to you. He'll show you those that are filled with demon spirits. Can somebody turn on the air? I see people fanning around here. He'll talk to you about problems in the lives of other people. Why would he do that? what? Very good. I believe you get an A-plus, Billy. So you can help them. He'll also talk to you about why you're here. Did you ever want to know that? Why in the world am I here in Woodward, Oklahoma on March the 27th, 2011? Why am I here? Well, he's glad to tell you, but you're going to have to listen. Listen. He'll show you the difference between what's essential and what's not essential. And he'll talk to you about provision and supply. And he'll take you there if you will listen and go. And he'll talk to you about your sin. And he'll talk to you about your accountability to him. And he'll talk to you about spending time with him. And he'll talk to you husbands about your wives. He'll talk to you wives about your husband's. He talks to the Father God about you. How about that? Now, there's many ways of hearing the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going to even go into that because there's lots of ways you listen and you hear him. Uh, The main one I hear is I journal, and I'll write out a question, and before I can get it written, he answers it, and so I write out the answer. But that's just one way. You know, he, he speaks to you out of the word. He speaks to you, hopefully, this morning. You know through me through men and women of god but now he speaks through your conscience but if your conscience is seared i thought of a steak when you put a steak on a hot griddle with grease on it what does it do sears all that juice in doesn't it well if your conscience gets seared Your conscience gets seared you can't hear God did you ever wonder how some of these people get so turned on to God so excited about God as excuse me serve God with all their heart and then little by little they're kind of drifting off into sin and pretty soon they're there and they're staying there and you haven't seen them in forever and their conscience is seared because otherwise the Holy Ghost would be so Susan! Susan! But they can't hear him. <coughs> Susan can, by the way. I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to act like she can't. She can. She's an awesome Holy Spirit woman. So don't let your conscience get seared. You know, sin gets in the way of God and you. Did you know that? You know what it does? It builds a wall pretty soon you just soon stay behind that wall that's just where you want to be well that's another sermon too i want to talk to you about the baptism of the holy spirit because that's something he does and some of you may say oh don't get off on that i'm going to get off on that okay (coughs) the holy spirit can provide you with a language that nobody but god can understand and it's a precious and important gift and we call it praying in a heavenly language it is an incredible phenomenon it is amazing. Yes. It is precious. It's a gift, and it's available to you if you ask. Wow. Did you hear that? If you ask, well, I'm going to decide. Well, Susan needs this. I'm just going to give it to her. He does not do that. No. And if you think that he's going to give you the baptism just because you need it, well, you'll never have it because you, you didn't get saved because you knew you needed to be saved. You got saved because you asked, and you asked and believed by faith that, he, that you were saved, and you are. You asked for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You believe by faith that you receive it. Boing, that's all there is to it. And I'm telling you, there are volumes of books denouncing that gift. Well, we don't need that gift now. Well, that's wonderful. In this day and age, we don't need that gift. Makes me think maybe we need it worse than the first church. Mm-hmm. What is going on in this earth? We can't even write it all down. Do we need it? Absolutely we need it. Next to being saved it's the most wonderful gift that's available to you. Now, once you receive that gift, and you, the Holy Spirit will just take delight in you, using it even to pray in tongues for someone else. Well, maybe you say, well, I just don't need that gift. Well, then just get it for somebody else and stay at home and pray for them in tongues and just see what happens to you as well. Amen. Come on. (laughs) But (laughs) um, praying in the Holy Spirit does something to you. And you can't do it without it doing something to you. You can't do it. I double dare you to try. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, I dare you to spend eight hours praying in the Holy Spirit and tell me nothing happened. And it'll keep happening. Because there is a power released when you pray in the Spirit that is unlike anything you've ever experienced And besides that, when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. And how many of you know sometimes we get so involved that we're praying our will hard and strong. God, go get him. God, go get him. Just, you know, make him sick, make him hurt, make him whatever. Do do you ever do that? that. I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't do it that way. So so when we pray, we, we let him pray through us. The Bible says we're praying the perfect will of God. So, hopefully you do pray for others, and you don't have to figure out what you're praying. Some of you are so concerned about what you're saying. If you're praying in tongues, you want to know what you're saying. Well, it isn't in your business. If you're praying for someone else, now, if you're praying for yourself, it is your business, and he will interpret back to you if you ask him what you prayed, so that you can have the wisdom of God. You see what accesses you have so much. Okay. You gotta be willing to change. You gotta ask for the gift. And then the Holy Spirit will draw you to him like a magnet. And even after you get the gift, as you pray in tongues, you will have to have some time with him. And he'll begin to drop little things in your brain. Like we didn't leave our brain at the door. He'll drop little tidbits in your brain, little bits of information. Sometimes it's just things that you've been, you've had a question about for years. But you have to be willing to kick out beliefs that are contrary to having this experience. Because believe me, there's plenty that say it's not relevant today. But I beg your pardon. So I'm going to tell you that I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in 1984. Can you do the math? 27 years ago. February 23rd, to be exact. You know, you have these little days in your life that are points in your life that you'll never forget. Well, that's one I'll never forget. And actually, my denomination thought that was a... Well, let me just say they didn't believe in it. Okay, that'd be the nice way to say it. But do you know what? God has a way of getting to even your family members and whatever. He has a way when you think there is no way. And I look back then and I think, how did that happen? I, I read a book from Charles Francis Hunter. Why should I pray in tongues? I laid that book down. and Jerry was sitting there and he was watching TV. And I just laid that book down. There wasn't anybody to pray for me. I didn't know what tongues sounded like. I hadn't been taught about it at all. I just needed God to help me. I was in a little crisis of my own, and I needed help. And I didn't know how to access it. So I read that book. I finished it. My husband's watching me, which I didn't know. But anyway, we're in a denominational church, you understand. I asked God for this. I need this so bad, God. I need it. I need it to break free. And you know, I put the book up to my mouth because it says to give him a little syllable. You know what a syllable is? Mm-hmm. Part of a word. So I did, and I, it wasn't the syllable I knew. I thought about and I thought, mm, what's the deal? So I get up, and I walk back to the far end of the house, and I do it again. It's the same thing comes out. I know it's not English. It really doesn't make any sense. I go back to the other room, and I go to the other part of the house and do it again. Same thing. I decided, I got it. I got it. It wasn't much. It was three syllables. You see, don't, what is the word, don't uh, despise? Small beginnings. So um, I'm postmaster of Isai, Oklahoma, and I got whammyed, I guess you might say. I took those three little syllables and I said them upside down and backwards all the time. They weren't much, but I knew they were from God. And I said them fast and I said them slow, and I did it every day. Key number one you have not arrived because you pray in tongues or you have received the baptism. You have just begun. And the things you didn't know are just going to open up to you. The Bible became alive. Jerry was dragging me off to church on Wednesday night and Sunday night. I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean, I was leading the worship we didn't call it worship. I was a song leader, there you go. At at Sunday school and church some. But he was he, he got really excited about the word. I couldn't figure out what was going on with him. Because because this preacher he got up and he, he challenged all the people to read five minutes a day out of the Bible. So he took that challenge. I didn't he did I mean I haven't always been sweet little Pastor Virginia. <laughs> He's agreeing with me man. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. So he took the challenge and he took it seriously and I mean he got hooked on the Bible. He wanted to go to church every time they opened the doors and frankly I didn't. But I, I, I went. I'm just I'm being honest, I went. But this day on February twenty-third, nineteen eighty-four. He's watching TV, and I'm getting something I didn't even know I could get. So I took those three little syllables. They were lakaba. I said them, lakaba, 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 lakaba. And you know what happened? Like a baby. You know, Josiah, we didn't give him speech lessons. How does a baby learn English just amazing isn't it they just hear the sounds and and replicate them and figure it all out and well that's what happens with your language when you get those little bitty syllables then they grow and so now I want you to know I'm forever changed I am forever changed I will never be the same as that person and that's what it should be. It should be so, I mean, having, getting saved is, is a glorious experience. But getting baptized in the Holy Spirit brought God right down here. And he stood right there in front of me. And he poured himself all over me. And he changed my heart. I didn't cry when I practiced this. home. okay. Now it sounds like this: Kora mana sun da horbeisha torba neke yorbe hikata hormano sutu beisha tanda horbe yanda hana neki amba suriye bede How did those three little syllables become that? Because I kept giving them to God, and He kept multiplying them back to me. And I kept doing it. If I hadn't kept doing it, I would still be running around with those three little syllables every now and then, hoping God would intervene. It's a life-changing thing. It is a life-changing thing. The Word of God jumped out of the pages to me. I studied healing for a year. So much so that I would fight you over it. God heals every time. But we don't always get it, and I don't know why that is. I haven't found that out. But I know he doesn't hold back good things from us. He's trying to give them to us all the time. But you've got to receive them. I started on a journey in 1984. I'm still on that journey And I'll always be on this journey as long as I can draw a breath. Because there's more to know. I'm going to be in church every time they open the doors. Why? Because there's more to know. I'm going to go where he sends me. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to teach classes. I'm going to influence those I'm supposed to influence. Because why? Because that's what I'm assigned to do. I've been called and so have you to let the light of Jesus show forth. Well, I have more and I'm just going to have to leave it. Um, I just want to put it in a synopsis. He, he doesn't come empty-handed. He gives you gifts and he has a package we call the anointing. When he comes... You get the prayer language. You get the power of God. You get the power of God to break every yoke, to undo every burden. You get the power of God to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils to proclaim the liberty of the Lord. You get the power to heal the sick, I mean, to cause the blind to see and the lame to walk and the prison doors to be opened for the oppressed to go free. You get the power with it. Did you know that? And then you get this little package, this little power package of anointing. Man, he is good, isn't he? The anointing breaks the yoke. And if you have on a yoke, you're carrying it around your neck. The yoke's around your neck. Any of you got a yoke, don't raise your hand. The yoke is around your neck. So what are you going to do? Wherever you get led, you're going to follow because that that place brings the rest of you, doesn't it? But the anointing will break any yoke of bondage. This wonderful yoke of God is the yoke you want to wear. Did you know the anointing is transferable? But if I give you my anointing, I don't lose it. The more I give it away, the more God multiplies it back to me. So I'm the winner all the way, okay? Um Do you know this person, God the Holy Spirit? Do you know him? I'm going to ask the ministry team, those I spoke to, to come up now. And I I want you all to listen to this. Don't pay attention to them. Because I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Well, how do I need to close this, this service? And he said, give them this scripture. Come unto me, all of you that are weary and heavy laden, carrying yokes and burdens of the world, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn of me, for I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. We will lay hands on any of you that want to come up, who want this rest, this peace, this touch of the Holy Spirit, which is in us, flowing through us to you as we lay hands on you. This wonderful anointing, this transferable anointing, is refreshing and healing and brings a personal touch from Holy Spirit. You know, this is a day when you lay all your cares aside. You actually lay them at Jesus' feet. It's a day to break the yoke of bondage and remove the burden. Do you know the burden you carry is light? I thought it was so interesting that Tatum had that song this morning. The burden you carry is light. Jesus is the light of the world. Do you know that? Do you know what your burden is? It's to carry the light. Do you understand what I'm saying? The light of the message of Jesus Christ. When he says your burden is light, it doesn't mean it isn't heavy. It means he is the light. Your burden that you carry is to let the light of Jesus Christ be seen everywhere you go. Holy Spirit is here right now. You come and he'll meet you here. So whatever you need, if you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you need yokes broken off and burdens removed, if you need healing in your body or soul, if you need this wonderful baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, if you need to rededicate your life, whatever you need, God, the Holy Spirit, is here to meet you now. Hallelujah. So, Father, we just, we just lift this end time of this service up to you. God, we just thank you for this word from you. I thank you uh, for who you are, Holy Spirit. You are a person. God, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I pray blessings on these people. I seal these words to them that they will not be able to forget. The power, the anointing, the love, the person of the Holy Spirit.